as a Schwartz, right, I come from a long line of Germanic men with no hair, right? right? So it was a predetermined thing when I was very young, and it really hasn't caused me a whole lot of stress. Sure, no, same here. If anything- I have friends who I think anticipated having hair for their lifetimes who now no longer do, Ooh. and it is a source of enormous stress. Absolutely, if so, you're expecting it. Exactly. I think, as is usual in life, it's all about the expectation. Absolutely, yeah. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Human Element Cares Podcast on Modern Marketing. I am super excited. I'm always excited, but I am super excited today to be joined by Swiftor, or lesser known as Joseph Almanawi. How do I do? Good pronunciation there. All right, pronunciation. Yeah, yeah. Who is a Twitch streamer, YouTuber, creator? Yeah, that sounds. You got any other titles in there? I mean, that. Bald guy? I don't know if I'm a bald guy. I mean, like, hey, yeah, you know, from like, bald guy I, to I, bald guy. Yeah, no, it is. Life is good, man. I, I am not going to, you <laughs> It's know. easy, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, amen. <laughs> amen. Let's start here. I always like to start with stories, and in your particular case, I cannot wait to hear how you got into this. Oh, sure, man. Almost 12 years ago. It's kind of crazy. Uh, I had just, like, took a break from my IT job and selling computer systems and restaurants. I was maybe thinking about going back to college, get some classes. And a friend of mine approached me going like, hey, do you want to come watch me play video games on this website? And I told him he was dumb, and I'd rather play games than watch him. <laughs> but I went because I was still a friend, right? right. And, and I was like, wow, this is cool. It's like I'm hanging out, like, you know, with this guy while he plays games. It reminded me of being young and being, like, you know, in the basement of my friends, you know, like, playing games with them. Yeah. I was like, wow, like, I'm super introverted. It wouldn't be cool if I give this a shot and, like, started, like, you know, talking to people, improve my social skills. I was terrible. I still am a little bit. You'll find out. I tried it out. Like, they helped me kind of get the right hardware. It was a lot of steps. And then from there. So I'm saying the oh, sure. performance part of this was not part of who you were before. You started from the subject matter, not the performance part. A- absolutely. Interesting. A- absolutely. So it was just a great way to kind of like, you know, build up my, my social skills, play games. I'm going to play games anyway. And yep. and people just kind of resonated. Back then, there was no monetization whatsoever. So it was just like a, kind of like a, actually, one of my community members found me a real job. It's so funny. So I, I built an audience. <laughs> I was like, guys, like, you know, I might be streaming less. I'm looking for a job now. One of my community members, like, you know, messaged me like, hey, there's a video game company in New York looking for community manager. Got a job with a company called OMG Pop. And so I worked there at the startup for like, you know, part-time for a while. Still kept on streaming for years and years. Eventually, we we built an app that was great. Draw something. Zynga purchased us then then fired all of us, which was great. And then I did this full-time. I was like, I got the runway to do it. And, yeah. and here I am today. So we're almost seven years of just full-time, you know, like being an entertainer. So I'm very fortunate that it kind of all like rolled together. We've spent a lot of time on this pod talking to some of our younger populations. And one of the things that came out of that, which is fascinating to me, is this idea that for certain of those populations, the American, quote unquote, American dream has shifted. For sure. That this idea that, you know, you sort of go to college and you find an interest and then you scrap around and find a job and you find a career and you struggle around middle management, you try to get out of middle management, that that has been replaced by this idea of I can due to my interests and my own sort of access to these platforms and creativity, I can become sort of my own media company. 
Absolutely. I think there's positives and negatives to that, right? Like positives that like you can, you know, you can follow your passion and and potentially like turn it into something where like, you know, you you make a, a living out of it. But the scary side is that, you know, these fundamentals that, you know, have been going on that my parents encouraged are still really important. Like I went to college, I got my degree and I'm yeah. a little worried about like, you know, these younger audience members of mine who go like, yeah, I want to stream for a living on whatever. <laughs> and then it's like, slow down there. It's great to like pursue yeah. this, but also, you know, get a foundation, learn something sure. else you want to care about. And sure. it's a tricky thing to come out and communicate. And, but you know, I guess it's like the rock star being like, you know, being oh, a part of the band athlete. of this generation. It's, yeah, the whole, it's the whole thing. Absolutely. So it's a tricky thing, but I mean, I, I think, you know, pros and cons. So what is an average day, air quotes, in the office look like for you? Wow. Uh, I have a home office, so I'm kind of like rolling out of bed <laughs> around, I think, like 8, 9 a.m. Yeah. Uh, I'll check through emails. Being on the East Coast has a big plus that, you know, yep. a lot of stuff doesn't roll into the afternoon. But I mean, I go through my content from the previous day. I look at my stats. Like, what did people like the previous day on my stream? Like, did people follow a lot? Did they subscribe a lot? What did I do right? What did I do wrong? Mm. And I try and figure out, like, how can I, like, improve it a little bit today? What game can I play on stream? How can I change, like, you know, something to make it a little bit better? And it's really just kind of like reviewing the previous day. And what can I do to make today, like, more fun for my audience? Sure. So that's sort of your daily optimization. It's like I've got feedback. Some of it is quantitative. Some right. of it is, you know, qualitative. Absolutely. And how can I sort of, you know, adjust what I'm doing today? How do you decide what games are the, are the games you're going to play that particular day? Oh, for sure. I guess that's a common, like, it's like almost like a Venn diagram. It's like, what's the intersection between, like, what I had fun doing and what, like, brought in, like, you know, viewers and engagement? Yeah. So, were people, you know, staying around longer for this game that I was playing? Are they subscribing more? Like, you know, like, uh, yep. paying for the channel? Are they following? Are they, you know, tweeting about it? So, I just look at everything and go, like, what got me the most positive response? And what kept me in, like, an, had a good attitude to put on a yep. good show? And... And that kind of directs it. Some days I get a little bit burned down. I just kind of do something a little bit selfish, like play a game that no one will watch. And <laughs> it's just it's just kind of like, you know, part of it's like, eh, screw it. I'm just going to have fun for myself today. Yeah. And I pay the price. But, you know, like... What is an example of a game no one will watch? Oh, sure. Oh, man. Like, I love playing Monopoly. And people, strangely enough, like, like watch me play Monopoly. I was going to say, I saw the Monopoly thing. Oh, yeah. It, and that seems to be... Very different from the other games you play. So it's a little weird. I guess people, everyone's rooting for like their player and Monopoly, I think, is a game that's easy to kind of understand. It's like you build a building, you charge people rent, they go broke. Yeah. People can relate. And so <laughs> I took this other game that came out recently and it's, it's like Monopoly, but a lot more complex. There's powers and there's these cartoon anime characters. And I thought like, oh, this could be a good fit for the audience that likes Monopoly. They might also like this. And I really like it. No. They do not. I've tried so many times, and sometimes I just force feed it. Like, I'm playing this. If you guys want to watch, go ahead. If not, I'm just going to indulge. And it's always a mistake. It's really something I should not do on my stream. Now, is your, do you get inbound messages that are like, why are you doing this? This is stupid. I hate this game. Like, Absolutely. Some folks are like, can you just go back and play some Call of Duty or Monopoly? And that's and, and that's when I'm lucky. When you get feedback, like verbal feedback, that means they care enough to actually tell you. Yeah. The vast majority of folks will be like, I'm coming back tomorrow. Say nothing leave the stream and come yep. back to our next day. You know, if I'm lucky. So it's a dangerous thing. It's something I can get away with, like, you know, like once a week, every two weeks. But in general, you want to provide, like, consistent, you know, content that they enjoy that they'll come back to, like, yep. the next day. So also there's my own sanity to kind of take care of as well. So sometimes... What's interesting here is that in that regard, right. in that you wake up and you look at the feedback and you look at the numbers, your day and my day as a marketer actually look somewhat the same. I believe it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, what's like the click-through or what's the, you know, yeah. what the, you know exactly, yeah. absolutely. It's going to sound like a dumb question, and I don't mean it in a condescending oh, no, way sure, at sure. all. Do you understand that that's the business of marketing? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, okay. You were trying to convert people yeah. or, you know, I want people to think of me in a positive light, and that's yep. on top of my mind, like, every day. Like, how can I make sure that, you know, people are thinking of me or, you know, like, coming back to the stream. There's, like, 
it's almost all marketing really yeah. on my side. So creator, business owner, marketer is one of the hats you wear. For sure. Yeah. So I was trying to sort of look at your trajectory. You know, I was using subscribers as a proxy oh, sure. for scale, right? right? How important has Fortnite been to the growth of your scale? I guess I'm looking at inflection points. Where, where are the big inflection points? Oh, I had my biggest months last year, thanks to Fortnite. But mm-hmm. I think I, I wasn't prepared or equipped to, to retain them. So maybe I had like mm-hmm. three, four months where I had this new audience, much younger, and where there were a lot of options out there, but I did really well. Like huge spike in yep. concurrence, in revenue, in engagement. People sending me maps they wanted me to play that they made. And I put together an entire team of people to like, you know, assist happens happen. We had a great machine for it. But for whatever reason, I wasn't able to like to retain them. And I ended up having to kind of fold back to my original content. So that was a very interesting challenge for me. And overall, you know, net positive for like last year, it still has a great impact on like yep. my understanding of the audience. But I just was not able to like, you know, like keep them around. And I'm still wondering what I could have done differently to mm-hmm. like, you know, take advantage of that spike. A younger audience for sure. Right. More transient just by nature, you think? I think so. I think like... There's a lot of distractions, and it's more distractible. There might be a new update or yeah. another streamer. And I've seen it happen with other creators, too, where they have that bump from this Fortnite, and then, you know, it's hard to kind of hold on to. Some people have done really well with it, though, so, I mean, it's doable. I'm just not sure what the secret sauce is there, though. Yeah, got it. Are you constantly on the lookout for new games to play that could be an avenue to new audiences? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I think, you know, just looking at what the creators do, what the updates are, what developers like who make games are doing that I trust. So just keeping an eye out. And sometimes after I'm done doing my my foundation material, whether it's Call of Duty or Monopoly, I test the waters with a game and see what the response is like. And if it makes sense to try again more and push further, I do. And if not, you know, just keep an eye out. So I think it's always good to have like to try and, you know, diversify sure. my content. So how important is Twitch as a platform? Oh, critical. I've been on there for 12 years and they're like the foundation. Like Twitch, since it's live, I'm building my community every day and there are folks even before I go live, they're just sitting there waiting, like, you know, clamoring for me to go live. And they're just kind of like, it sounds weird, like just my, my army of like word of mouth. Like they are there yeah. to like, you know, help welcome new people into the community. They make new friends. And it's just the foundation for so much else of what I do. So, I mean, having, having this live platform where I can interact, I build something called like extensions where like, you saw a lot of the stuff yourself made where like people are placing like, you know, bets and yeah, yeah, points are going around. Yeah, so, yeah. so Twitch has so many tools for like creators that let them do cool things. I like to focus on the, on the system side of things, I guess. I like people like treating my channel as almost like a game and like mm. Twitch lets me do that for other people to have so many mechanisms you can use. So Twitch, like being this live platform that gives you a lot of options on how to like, you know, interact with your community is just really, really powerful. It's changed yeah. a lot over the, even just the past three, four years. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, I saw the the gambling stuff or the betting. Betting stuff, uh, yeah. Sorry, gambling, I'm sure no, I yeah, can't yeah. call no, it. No, 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 that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's a PR department <laughs> well, somewhere. For sure, yeah. <laughs> and then the polling features yes. and all that kind of stuff. And you're very, again, it seems very smooth to me, like right. on screen, off screen, put the poll, come back on screen. Oh, for sure. Do you sit down and do like a run of show or like, do you have an outline Oh, not really. I mean, I have an idea of what it's I want organic. to do, but, but it, it's organic, but it's also yeah. like very easy to do. I've like ahead of time, I've set up buttons to do certain things. Yeah. I have a team of maybe two, three developers to like make things easier. So if it takes me more than like three seconds to do something, it's going to slow down momentum of the show. So yeah. everything has to kind of like be easy to do. So if I feel like I want to like have someone vote on whether someone wins or loses, I need to press like one or two buttons to make that happen. And that's it. And if I know in advance something's very tricky, I have like one or two team members on the side managing an Excel sheet. Or yep. I did a spelling bee the other day, and it's like just toss me a word from this list, and then you know they just kind of feed it to me, and I and I throw it out there. So it's 
keeping momentum going is very important and having a team behind that is important. And if you don't keep it entertaining, they just leave. So, Are you able to look at male-female splits? I have some information, demographic stuff on that earlier, but I think my audience is super, super heavy male. I'd say it's like, I'd be lucky if I had 2% female like watching. Or it's tough to admit that you're female online too because all the challenges kind of around that. I'm not exactly sure, but heavily male. Yeah, I mean, my uninformed view, sure. it seemed pretty... Especially when I was watching the Seducer game. Oh, wow. That was a replay. So, yeah. when <laughs> So, I don't play stuff like that too often, but there's okay. there like a dating advice game. So, I was traveling for a couple of days yeah. to Chicago, and I asked my team, like, go pick some old content, put it on, that's fun. Yeah. And they chose, like, you know, this one game where you basically make choices when you're interacting with, like, you know. Yeah, it's a role-play like, game it, around, like, asking a girl out. Ex- or, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that one. It was yeah. fascinating. I think it was interesting, hopefully. But yeah, also a little dangerous to kind of like show to a young, impressionable crowd. But I mean, <laughs> overall, I thought it was entertaining, but... <laughs> it was entertaining. It made yeah. me laugh. Have you noticed any significant sort of changes in your audience's behavior over the past year or so? Are there things that you're like, wow, this this seems to be shifting? Oh, for sure. I think the biggest one is just that, even just two years ago, if someone wanted to play a game, like a new game, they had to pay something. There was like, there was a barrier... And if they didn't want to pay, they can just go watch someone else on on mm. Twitch or somewhere, watch a video and and watch it. Now there's so many like free and super accessible options. Like mm. I'm not only fighting against other content creators, I'm fighting not fighting, but like you know, I have to consider that. It's competitive. You know, yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah. Just like there's Fortnite is free, and they're pumping out like new content like every week, or have these other games every week. And so I have to be cognizant of like, oh, this is happening on this day, and my portion of my audience may be checking that out. Do I like try and complement that? Do I try and approach a different angle? So. There's many more distractions from different angles, and it just really wasn't as that severe. Maybe even just like two years ago. So mm. it's uh, it's getting more competitive by the day. Abs- absolutely. Yeah. What does the word community mean to you? Uh, for me, community is just like the the tone of how people treat each other. Mm. Every channel kind of has their own, I guess, vibe. Like yeah. you know, some folks go in there, and it's a very like broy atmosphere, or like, or just like you know, a lot of internet meme jokes. For me, it's a very I guess, systems-oriented community where it's like, all right, like, you know, here's the points, and here's, like, you know, we're going to be friends. We're gonna, like, let's work together on this. So it's a community is just how how they interface with each other. Mm-hmm. And it's just the foundation of how you welcome, like, new people into the community. So it's it's a kind of a key thing to, like, monitor and, and for me, like, regulate. Like, are people being respectful? Are people, like, you know, mm-hmm. being helpful? And I think the more you incentivize or condition folks to be, like, friendly and helpful, the easier it is to kind of grow like everything as a whole. Sure, and manage behavior. Absolutely. Do you ever meet these folks in real life? Oh, absolutely. I started the New York City streamer meetup where like, it was meant more for like networking between other streamers, but a lot of fans will kind of come to these mm-hmm. things and, and say hello, which is great. But also when I go to like an events like, let's say TwitchCon, they have their yearly kind of like, you know, expo for, for streamers and fans. I get to like, you know, do meet and greets and say hello to people. And so it's cool. A lot of times I'm surprised. It's like, <laughs> you know, sometimes it might be someone who's way too young to be watching with their mom yep. and bless her soul for bringing like, you know, their kid over. Or it might be someone like a lot older or, you know, sometimes I see the personality in chat and I recognize the name and it's like, oh, you're you. And then yep. like, it just like, you know, it doesn't always match my visualization of it. Sure. But it's always, I mean, for someone to put the energy into like, Coming to an event, especially when it's like just to meet me, is like yeah. like a ridiculously flattering thing. Yeah. Like you know, I barely leave the home to see anyone, and for someone to come like you know see me, it's like wow. Like you know, just, but it's a wonderful experience. Yeah. Have you ever gotten recognized in Starbucks? 
Yes. Uh, I mean, it doesn't happen as often, like, a few times a month, like, you know, on the street or whatever. Like, sometimes I'll hear a whisper of my name and I have to kind of, like, turn around and do a little bit of eye contact to, like, wave or whatever. Wave, yeah, exactly. Yeah. To, like, you know, and some folks are very forward, like, you know, we'll go, like, hey, are you so-and-so? <laughs> uh, and sometimes it's the opposite. It's like, hey, are you, like, the other bald bearded guy? And, like... <laughs> No, so it's a mixed bag, but it's cool. It's always flattering, and you know, sometimes it makes me look really good in front of the wife, which is always a plus. But you know, it's it's all over the place. It recently married in September, right? Oh yes, wow. Well, well congratulations. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, I'm very lucky to have like you know a wonderful wife, and she's been very supportive of like you know everything I do and respecting my you know 12 hour gaming sessions. Bless her soul. <laughs> I have to pay for it, though, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, we all have things okay. to pay for. <laughs> Do you lay out a content calendar? Yes. On my calendar is like every big game that interests me, that might interest my community, is, is on my calendar. So sometimes I just won't travel because I know X game is coming out. Yeah. Or I try, if I think there's a game that I think will resonate with everyone, I'll like prep you like, hey, guys, this game's coming out. We're going to have a lot of fun with it. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But I think one thing that's really important is having like an event or a marathon. Mm -hmm. Like the same way I think like everyone kind of looks forward to like, like a vacation or seeing someone like, you know, it's like, all right, only like, you know, 17 days until this trip to wherever. Yeah, like, uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So like same thing with viewers, viewers the same way. Like they love like knowing that like, oh, this big event is happening in X days. And they like, you know, they get excited about it every day. It's like, oh, I can't wait for so-and-so. And it's infectious. Like, oh, like that's happening that day. And so I feel like it's always important to have like something planned in the near future for the audience, for community to look forward to. So anytime I don't have something scheduled, something planned that to excite people like, I'm doing it wrong. There always has to be something for people to look forward to, and it really just helps the momentum of people coming back in and reactivating community members. Yeah. Let's change gears a little bit to sure. talk a little bit about brand relationships. Sure. So how do you balance authenticity with your community and the needs and, in some cases, requirements of brands? What has to come first is being genuine to the audience. Yeah. So I, at the end of the day, it's just picking things that I'm either genuinely curious about, mm -hmm. that, that I like, that are not predatory towards my audience. And if it checks all those boxes, it's worth, you know, checking out and investigating. And as long as it's something where I'm actually curious or genuinely interested in, they're on board. Do you, you have a list of ones that you thought worked the best? Last year, there was Amazon Prime Day and they pulled in a bunch of streamers and they would try and organize you so you were like, you know, doing like a four-person thing with fellow streamers that were friends of yours. So it was me and a few others and every 20 minutes was like a new item on sale and we'd be on a stage and be like, all right, here's this item. We'd have some fun on stage with it and play with it or maybe sometimes break it. That looked bad. But it was just like, <laughs> it was just a lot of fun chemistry and... Right. Swift or QVC? That's exactly what it was. Or there's other examples where maybe like I get to like eat like a food on stream, which is yep. fun. So like, you know, it might be like one year's like pizza rolls. Yep. I think actually very soon, like we got Tyson Anytizer, which would be a lot of fun. So yep. like we'll do the poll thing on screen, like which flavor should I have next? And sure. it's kind of like a fun way to interact. So sure. for me, it's like whenever we can get either interaction between the audience and me or or me and other like personalities, yep. like it makes for a positive experience that like, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. And I think that's really a really positive thing. Are you thinking about commerce and how commerce can kind of be more deeply integrated into what you're doing, i.e. the actual selling of stuff directly, either product or, or is that sort of too distracting? I think it's too distracting. I mean, like for like a deal like this, if I understand what the goal is, I try and like work it in naturally, but yeah. I, I'd never try to like hey, force it, I guess. Uh, I try to figure what the road is to like that goal. Yeah, so yeah. if it's like, if you like the X and Y, then this might be it. Or if you like, you enjoy like this type of food, then then you should give this a shot. So yep. you should always feel like I'm not trying to force everything on everyone. 
But like, if this is a right fit for you, try and push it. So it's just, what is the avenue to a natural fit to the audience? And I think that takes care of itself. What's the weirdest scenario that's been brought to you? Oh, wow. For a sponsorship. I mean, there's a lot that I, I say no to that involve a lot of cryptocurrency stuff. It's just a lot of predatory <laughs> stuff. It's like, I'm never going to push this. This is, I feel like But that stuff's all on the up and up. There's no fraud there. Of course the not. Problem? Of course not. Super legit. <laughs> but I, I, just, I just feel like there are folks out there who just, you know, send something to everyone and someone will see the dollar signs and, and learn the hard way that it wasn't the right thing to do. And, and for me, just, it just people depend on me, to be honest. And I don't know, I would never talk anything that, like, you know, is predatory, whether it's in-app purchases on maybe an app or something, a game or something that's, like, built to kind of, like, psychologically take advantage of them. I think it just comes down to integrity. And some folks, you know, it might be a vaping thing that has vitamins in it. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do anything like that. I'm never going to yeah, push vaping that vitamins is a good idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great idea. Let's, let's get more of that. Yeah, let's exactly. Get, let's yeah. get more of that. We talked about this a little bit, but what are the specific most important metrics that you use or you look at all the time? Retention. Like, retention is yeah. super important to me. If someone comes in or someone watches something, like, how long do they stay? If yeah. it's, yeah, so if they're kind and of— how do you define what's good retention and what's not? I think if they stay more than, than 15, 20 minutes, I think that, that's great. They're like, they're engaged. Like, me, for me, I do a lot of episodic content. Yeah. And, and I think my average, like, watch time is somewhere around 13, 40 minutes, which is actually really good. So if, if someone that's can jump bananas. in. bananas. Oh, you know, it's great. Like, yeah, so, so it's all like my. <laughs> you can call it really good. I'll call it bananas. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's taken a long time. But it's like, can I create like a 20-minute format of something fun? Yep. They come in, they see it, and they're, and they're hooked. And, and for me, if they stay for like, you know, like 10, 15 minutes, then I've accomplished my job. The tricky thing is to get them to stay for another chunk after that. There's always a break. There's always administration setting people up. I do a lot of things where I need to grab 17, 18, you know, folks I haven't worked with from the audience and then like babysit them or, or herd them. And, some, and they're younger sometimes. It's harder to kind of like organize them. But there's administration and I try to make it fun. But that's like the boring part of my content. And then... The good stuff happens, then like that's when I try and lure them in. So, so it's just can I can I keep them there? Can I keep them engaged? And can I convince them to stay for for another go? That's my challenge. How good are the metrics in terms of return? So repeat viewing, like do you get a some kind of reporting around how many people are returning? Unfortunately, I wish that was better. I wish I yeah. had a better metrics on on an individual individual basis, like you know, like folks that have returned, like how many days in a row have they come, or how many how many weeks in a row have this has this person yeah. been consistent. I know I have that kind of information for like other metrics and other sites, but I, I wish I had more of that for all where I create my content. It's not there yet. Metrics have improved a tremendous amount. I can see, you know, what the click-through rate is when I send out like a, a notification that I'm live and I use a certain message or name. I can almost A-B test every day, like what message will pull people in? What yep. has a better conversion rate? I wish I had that information on a more individual basis. And I feel like it's coming eventually, but there's some great stuff that I see, like, you know, in Google Analytics, for example, that I don't have quite yet for in, like, you know, my Twitch. But mm-hmm. I, they're working on it, and I'm sure I'll get stuff like that eventually. Do you use email as a tool? I used to for a while. I feel like it's very important that I go to where my users are, and yeah. they're not in email. I feel like younger folks must get so many emails that send for everything that their box is just, like, it's yep. not a good way to reach them. Yep. The best ways to reach them seem to be, like, you know, Instagram stories, or yep. it's, like, you know, Twitter, or or TikTok, or whatever. So it's just, it's going to where they are, and I can't force things on them. And Discord has been been great, or just, even just, like, these first Twitch notifications are just a yep. quick way to grab them. But yep. email, I tried, I've tried having them set with their numbers for texting. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. an expensive experiment that did not work out. <laughs> Emails didn't work out. So it's just always trying, but you just got to look at what they're using and go there. Yeah. You know, obviously Twitch is critical and sure. YouTube's important. And how do you make decisions about what are the platforms to try? So you mentioned TikTok. 
So, I mean, I have to look at, like, folks that make similar content to me. So I do, like, let's say a lot of Call of Duty. And if I see folks that are growing on there, I'm yep. like, oh, is this worth a, a shot? And then I have to put together a small strategy where I give it a shot for, you know, a month. So that means I prepare my editor to kind of create some content that makes sense for that, or I do it myself. And I just try it out for a few weeks and see yep. whether it makes sense or not. And if it does, great. If it doesn't, then, you know, give it a shot. So How often do you talk to the gaming companies? Very often. So I'm, I'm lucky enough to have, like, a lot of great, like, relationships mm-hmm. and... I feel like it's important for gaming companies to keep creators informed of when their like game is coming so they can kind of prep. So sometimes, let's say a sequel to a game is coming out, it might make sense for a creator to play like the other games in their stream to get their community kind of conditioned for it. Or if they're going to like want to invite creators out to like you know try the game out, I need to keep my calendar clear. But communication is generally very good, and it helps me kind of plan out my content, and it helps me condition my audience as well and see whether they're interested or not. So. Yeah. Are there a few places in 2020 that you're focused? Like there's a few sort of priorities that you have? I really want to boost my interactivity. Like right Mm -hmm. now, so I get the best response from my audience when they have an impact on what happens during my show. And my goal is to take folks who wouldn't usually like interact because they want to type, they want to like interact with people, and to let them press like a button Mm -hmm. or send a tweet or use whatever, whatever like I want to go to like make it very easy for them to have an impact on what goes on. For example... I play a game of hide-and-seek where if I find somebody, like, the audience kind of decides whether they, like, you know, get to hide again or whether they whether they die. Or whether, like, I ask them, like, you know, a trivia question, like, if they get it right, they live or die. So it's, like, people, like, really enjoy that, and I just want to take it to the next level. And there's a lot of opportunities with technology out there and, and with the ways to interact that I can push that. And I think I can get it, like, right, really right this year. So that's, like, my big focus. Interactivity and make it super accessible, super fun, and really just take, like, this interaction to the next level. It sounds to me like that requires potentially even more folks in the show behind the scenes to help you manage that, right? Uh, absolutely. I have maybe a team of like, let's say, 15 moderators. And some of them are very good at like, you know, coding these custom scripts. Some of them are just like helping people like educate them. Like there's a lot going on. There's some folks who like, you know, of course are responsible for making sure anyone is being very toxic or is, is like, yeah. you know, addressed. So there's definitely a lot of moving parts. Like this is definitely not a one-man show. And are you all physically together when you do a show? Oh, No. But they're from everywhere, like, you know, you have folks like in, in Finland or Netherlands or like all over the world, like California. Like it's it's all remote. We have like a separate team, like like a Slack almost, like where we just organize. Okay. It's 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 a team and it's all volunteers and they do it because like they love the community and I wouldn't be able to do it without them. So it's I feel like it's very hard to pull something like this off without like having this entire backbone. Yeah. Do you ever get them together? It's hard. Sometimes I meet some of them like, you know, at events or some I've never met. Yeah. Some, like, you don't want to meet because, you know, for whatever reason, hopefully I'll convince them one day. But, uh, for example, TwitchCon, I have a lot of team members who are in Europe, and yep. there's a, a TwitchCon event happening in Amsterdam in a couple of months in early May. And I'm going there, and part of my big reason is I want to meet, like, meet these them. team members, yeah. and I think it's great. Do you have any advice for brands who are looking to get into this space and get started with creators? Oh, for sure. I guess it depends on, on your resources, of course, and your time. Like, I feel like it's always way more effective when you find a creator that, like, is interested, obviously, in your brand or your industry or mm-hmm. something, or they use, you know, something in that neighborhood. And I think that's really powerful. You can do that maybe by searching tweets and or or, or communities by or name. Like, just search for your brand and look for maybe, like, follower count and see if there's a mention by it. Like, I see all the time, folks, friends of mine in the industry, like, mentioning brands, and I feel like, oh, that's, like, a great opportunity to kind sure. of jump on. But if you don't have those resources, Twitch really knows, like, their yep. creators. And every time they bring me a deal, they just know what I like and sure. what makes sense. And it's always, like, an easy yes. It's like, oh, yeah, I love them. Let's do it. So partner with someone who knows like content creators or, you know, put in some time to kind of understand them and it'll pay way more dividends. I feel like just looking at, I've seen so many times where 
a big creator might like accept the deal and they obviously don't really care about it. And it's like, and it's so transparent. And sometimes when they actually care about, oh, like, you know, I love this pizza or I love, you know, like, you know, this coffee brand, it just seems way more effective. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, he really loves it. And like, I know this is a paid thing, but I'm going to go do it, like try it myself. So like authenticity, like matters like so, so much. Yeah, that's everything. Right, absolutely. Like from your perspective, that is, it is all you have. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's why people trust me. And the second I betray that, what else is there? Yeah. How much of you as a person is in the persona that you are on your show? Oh, like, yeah. is there a difference at all or is it, it's the same? So another content creator really put it well, Markiplier. He, I went to a, a YouTube thing many years ago and it was just like a small talk with creators and he was talking and he said something really profound. He's like, don't try and be someone different when you're on screen. Yeah. What you want to do is you want to take yourself and amplify yourself. Yeah. So like, you know, just you, you and your energy to 10th degree. So yep. I feel like what you see of me like on screen or maybe audience sees me is me, but it's me like amplified. Like, you know, sometimes it can be very abrasive. It's like, it's just more energy. Take who you are, be authentic. But like, you know, people really resonate with that energy. Yeah. You sort of take it to 11. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. What's the one thing that you wish brands understood more when they started having conversations with you? Where should they be doing homework or how should they be doing their homework better? A lot of times, especially when it's stuff like outside that doesn't go through Twitch, is like folks are like, they, they have their exact message they want me to kind of relay. Yep. And I think it's important to understand that every community just has their own language. And mm-hmm. so I feel like it's worth having a deeper conversation with the content creator in terms of like, what are you trying to like, you know, convey? And let me throw some lines. Like, this is how I would try and say this. And kind of go, like, refine that. So giving me a list of, like, 10 lines to say, I don't think it's going to fly. It's not going to sound natural. And I get that might be what was, you know, maybe approved somewhere else. But let's have a conversation about sure. how, to, how to say this in a way that my audience will, like, be like, oh, I get it. And that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, the, the discipline of how they do the rest of their work is in some ways ill-suited to this. Yes. The constant revision and refinement of words to the point of pain, which is a lot of what marketing is. Oh, for sure, for sure. Giving that to you is not where you can start. It could be a starting point for us to have a conversation, but But like, like, you're not saying those same exact 10 words. No way. And anytime I've tried to do that because it was insistent, it's always been a mistake. (laughs) It's always been a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. It it just never feels right. (laughs) No, exactly. Yeah. What does the Swiftor empire look like in five years? Oh, wow. Like I mentioned, I'm really big on interaction. And for me, I want, right now I have like a separate channel where people can go in there and like, you know, play like blackjack or they can play roulette or they can play trivia games. I want like a network of games where even if I'm not around live, people can still have fun with the community. And like, you know, I can, can I still add value while I'm not around and add even more value when I'm around? So I want it to be like a persistent thing on Twitch where a network of of interactive community-based games. And that's my goal. Do you have other categories that you think about creating in beyond um, gaming? Oh, absolutely. People ask me almost on a daily basis to like make sandwiches. It's I've only done a few videos, but people love seeing like, you know, I think that in general, people just like seeing. Uh, okay, like, I got to be honest with you. I'm sorry to interrupt. I didn't expect the sandwich genre to be what comes yeah. next. Literally people are like, Swifter, what we want you to do is make a sandwich. It started a while back when Twitch started like a food section and and their team reaching out like, hey, can you just like, make some food or something on this day when we launch this. I'm like, sure. And I can't really cook, but I can put together a sandwich. Anyone can. And I spent like an hour putting together a sandwich, an hour. And people loved it. And so like, it's just a fun thing. Doing the most mundane thing, people are into it. And I feel like, and other creators do this too. People just love these, seeing, I think, 
people who play games or these people they like watching just do other stuff. I bet if I like did something where I made soap, they'd love watching making soap. It's just, I think there's some allure, and I don't get it, but they like it. So Well, you know, it's funny, and clearly I didn't expect that to be the answer, but right. I, I, I've learned on this show not to <laughs> anticipate the answer. It's no different than carpool karaoke. Sure, absolutely, yeah. Right? The unexpectedness of Ariana Grande singing in a car with James Corden it's like, oh, that's great. I want to see more of that. Right. There's a humanity to it. There's a there's an intimacy to it. It's relatable, right? It's, it's very like, relatable. It's like, yeah, like yeah. they do that. And like, how do you do it? And like, you know, can yeah. I add value to that? So sports, interesting? Unfortunately not. I wish I did. So much of my audience like loves sports, is into sports. Yeah. I've got athlete friends that are that are great. Carl Anthony Towns, love you, bro. But like, I, I, just, <laughs> I just, I just, I'm not into watching. That was I, a Carl Anthony Towns shout out. Oh yeah, he's he, he streams on Twitch a lot. Of athletes oh, does he? Too. Yeah, okay. yeah he's, he's a great dude. We play games together. He's he's an awesome. He plays a lot of Fortnite and Call of Duty. Great okay. dude. Great dude. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, he's he's down for like this stuff. He loves the industry, but sports, unfortunately, not my thing. Not and, your like, thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you shoot it all from your home? Yes, absolutely. Would you ever think about changing that, or is that part of it for you? I think eventually, like, if, if my family, like, grows, they have kids, like, yep. I think I might, like, just get, like, you know, lease an office that's nearby and go yep. just to keep it separate from here and home. So the system works right now. I'm very happy with it, but, you know, need to Broadcasting adjust. from the world headquarters of Swift or Inc. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Got it. All right, you have made it to the lightning round. All right, let's do it. Does this seem exciting? I'm, I'm excited. I feel right, like, yeah, my adrenaline's go. high. Let's so do it. So in theory, this is short answers to short questions. That almost never works. We, we wind up with longer answers in the uh, lightning round. Most of that is my fault, by the way, because I'm ill-disciplined and I can't keep my mouth shut. <laughs> As you can tell for the intro to the lightning round, which is very long. Favorite digital experience? Oh, oh, did something cool last year. The Void. It's this VR thing. You go in there, you put on the VR helmet and the backpack, and you walk through this experience where the stuff you see in VR is a physical counterpart. So if you get into an elevator, you feel it, you feel it like rumble below you. If you're on a bridge walking over lava, you feel the heat. Mm. If like stormtroopers are shooting with lasers, you feel where the lasers are hitting you. It was incredible. I have like the best VR headset you can get at home. And this just blows it away. I feel like I bought trash. This like it's, it's just an, I feel like it's the future of just like these experiences out of the home. Instead of going to what used to be PC cafes or gaming cafes, you go to like a VR experience and you experience something with your friends. And, I, and that blows me away. I was remiss in not asking you about VR. I had it written down here and I skipped it. Does that play a role in what you want to do? I think eventually, yes. Uh, right now, I, I think it's not there. I think it's one of those things that are that are cool to kind of like do for yourself as a immersive experience. It's like experience. the penetration tipping point. It, exactly, yeah. yeah. But, I, but I feel like right now for people who are, at least watch me play VR, it's hard to resonate. It's like, oh, you're flailing around your room and doing That's X. That's tough, right? Yeah, it's like they don't get the experience. I think it's fun for a little bit to see me like, you know, smash my hand in my microphone. But other than that, it's a little tough to kind of relate. Yeah, I mean, it's how you get what you're seeing into the screen. Exactly. But I think it'll eventually get there. Once it becomes more accessible and it's like, you know, it's a cheap headset or whatever, yep. they can put it on. And if I can be in a room with like, you know, a thousand other like people in VR and doing stuff with them, that's going to be amazing. And it's a matter of time, but it's not there yet. Interesting. Favorite creator or biggest inspiration? Oh, God. there's I have too many friends to pick some of it. If I were to throw someone out there... Ezekiel the Third, great dude. He's he's like you know he came from like you know doing improv and stuff. He can take like a game that's like twenty years old and make it incredibly entertaining for people to watch. He can just he can take any content and and really wrap an audience. And he's always entertaining. So Ezekiel the Third is is always like inspiration to me and what he can kind of do when we can take and how he interacts with folks. So he's inspiration to me. We normally ask a best career advice, but I'm going to remove the word career. Right. Best advice you've either given or received. If younger folks in your community reach out, like, how do I become a creator? How do I get into this? What do you tell them? 
don't give up. The number one thing I see every time is people set their expectations at like, I'm going to go stream this game or I'm going to go try X job or whatever. And it doesn't go as they planned in the first two weeks, the first month. Mm. It's just it's just not the way it works. If you are actually passionate about something, you have to keep on trying. And you can't just do the same thing over and over again. You have to try and yep. learn. Like, be persistent about it. I mean, I learned that lesson because I didn't give up on, like, some dumb chargeback with American Express at some point. And I kept at it for, like, a month and a half. <laughs> and they refunded me. And it was it was such a dumb thing to learn a lesson from. I was like, wow, like... This thing that I thought was impossible I'm was sure very the American doable. Express company is thrilled they've made the pod <laughs> in this context. <laughs> Best piece of content recently consumed. Can be anything. Netflix series, movie, book, oh, podcast, anything. Oh, oh, God. It was that Pringles Rick and Morty commercial from the Super Bowl. I, lo- I, like, I love Rick and Morty, and I still love Pringles, but it was such like an obvious like you know shill of Pringles that it worked. And I, and I love right. that they embraced that culture of just like, you know, this is an advertisement, let's like make fun of it. Yeah. And it worked great. There is a lesson yeah. in that. A- absolutely. Right, the only path to authenticity in, in commercialism is uber commercialism. A- absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I think it just really resonates. One thing people should know about you, but they don't. Just being like you know, in front of the screen, I feel like they know everything about me. But, I was going to uh, say, do you I, hide anything? I, I'm a little personal about some things, but I mean, just that I, I want to be a dad sometime mm-hmm. soon, and it's important. I'm 38 years old, and yeah. I want like a legacy. I guess I don't yeah. really make a big deal of it, but I'd love to like you know raise a family and just have you know, like my dad made his entire life about me and his kids, and um, I want to make my entire life about like you know my family one day. Swifter, that's lovely. <laughs> I can tell you, as a dad, it's the single greatest job in the world. It's also the single most difficult job in the oh world. Boy. <laughs> uh, and it marriage to me was reasonably easy without kids. Right. Married with children is some fifth dimensional chess. Oh boy, it is very hard. Oh, that's encouraging. <laughs> very hard. Yeah, look, it's it, that is also rewarding. Right. But the level of complexity is is a little greater. I I bet. Swiftor, Joseph. I cannot thank you enough. You've been absolutely fantastic. Thanks for being no, thank you for so generous with your time. Appreciate it. You know, yeah, thank you so much for having me. Would you come back? Absolutely. I would love to have day. you back. Thanks, awesome. man. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining us here on another episode of The Human Element. Remember, you can find us anywhere you find your pods. Do not be afraid to subscribe or give us a like, and we'll be back out to you real soon. Thanks so much.